Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Hey, welcome back. We are going to dig a little deeper here today. This is, we're talking with somebody who is an expert on cosmetics, aesthetics, cosmetic injectables, special IV infusions, microneedling, skin tightening, facials, and medical grade skincare. And she's the owner of MK Wellness Hydration Lounge. Dot com and she's back with us. Maria Mole is on the program. Maria, welcome back. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. You know, it is for many of us, we have a look of our bodies or a thought when we look at our bodies that it doesn't we don't feel comfortable. And that's why sometimes we gravitate toward injectables or even cosmetic surgery procedures. But and that that can help for sure. But body dysmorphia is something I'm hearing more and more about. And isn't that essentially the the term for somebody that sees themselves way different than they really are? Absolutely. So basically body dysmorphia, is it's an actual mental health condition um, where what they're seeing in the mirror doesn't really correlate with reality, right? So especially in this day and age with social media, we have filters, we have all these kind of things. So this generation is really growing up with kind of a skewed, sense of beauty, I would say. And, you know, it's a big problem. And it's something that I see in the clinic very frequently. Mm. What do you hear from patients? Like when you do a consult and somebody's looking to do, let's say fillers, uh, and we're, you know, we're starting now just, just on the face, obviously. Uh, what do they tell you? Yeah. So one of the red flags that I look for, um, especially with, in regards to filler is let's say I'm seeing somebody for the first time and I can tell that they've had a little bit of work done because typically, you know, some, some people, you know, I would, I, I always say the best injectable is undetectable, but sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you can tell as, especially as a provider and you have experience with it, you can kind of tell that they've done a little bit of tweakment, but sometimes I'll get, um, people that have typically jumped from provider to provider and, one of the red flags that I look for is how many providers have you seen in the last year? Because if you're telling me that you have seen five, six, seven, even eight different providers and you were not happy with not one of them, then I'm kind of thinking, hmm, maybe it's not the provider that's the issue. So, and sometimes, you know, they're already coming to me a little bit overfilled already and they just want more. So that's another red flag. So I kind of try to gear them towards something else. Like if, I, if they're saying, oh, I just want more filler here, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, no more filler fits there. Like there's nothing else to do here. Like let's, I kind of try to talk to them, number one, into I hand them the mirror and I'm like, tell me what you see because I'm, I really want to try to understand where it's coming from. Um, but I'm seeing it more now, especially in the younger generation, which is a little bit scary. Like they're pointing out wrinkles that I can't even see with my naked eye. Mm. So it's kind of like, hmm, but they're comparing, you know, their their skin to like a filter or they're bringing in like a wish pick of them with a filter on. And I'm like, well, you know, we have texture, we have pores. Like I can't make you totally like a filter. I mean, I could definitely make you look better, a little bit more refreshed, but the goal is not to look like a filter. The goal is to look like a more refreshed you. What, when it's, when you're noticing that, what's your advice to patients like that? Should it be talk to a therapist, a counselor, you know, at that at that degree where they're kind of taking it over the top and you're 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 detecting that, okay, this is a little bit more than just somebody that wants to plump up their lips. 
Right, right. So I think as a provider, it's important to kind of point that out to patients. And then it's okay, it's okay to turn them down. It's totally okay to say, you know, I don't see what you're seeing. I don't think that there's anything else that I can do to help you. And to be honest, you know, maybe, you know, there's, a, there's something behind what you're seeing or there's something that you're feeling that is not, you know, in, in tune with reality sometimes. And I, I try to say that in like the nicest way possible because I obviously don't want to tell people, hey, you have body dysmorphic disorder. But I kind of, and I'm, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm nobody to diagnose that, but, you know, I'm, I, I kind of try to get to the bottom of, of why, you know, that certain concern is bothering them. And, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll keep looking. They're like, hmm, well, you're right. I, I don't really see that there, you know, now that I'm really looking at myself or now that you're pointing this out to me or now that you're, you know, so there's always a kind of navigation to do with that conversation. But I feel like it's important to point it out, you know, if, you as a provider are seeing some red flags, you know, maybe they just, no one ever told them, you know, or some people, you know, they're just trying to get their money and they're like, okay, yeah, let's do this and let's do that. And I, I really don't feel comfortable treating somebody that is kind of exhibiting those symptoms of body dysmorphia. So I think it's important to kind of see and investigate. Yeah. Yeah, kind of feel it out. I mean, you know, if they still want a procedure, injectable, whatever it is, that's on them. That's their choice. You know, that's all good. But at the same time, you know, maybe runs a little bit deeper. Maybe they want to think a little bit deeper about where they're coming from with that. Um, what's in terms of, let's say, injectables, so popular, right? Reasonable expectations. We've never talked about that in any of these episodes. When somebody comes to you and let's say they are looking for fillers or let's say Botox, whatever it may be, um, what's a reasonable expectation? Just, you know, everybody's different, but, you know, a baseline. Yeah, I mean, I always try to come up with at least a one-year plan. I think that has um, helped a lot, especially with my clients, because, you know, I always like to combine therapies, like not just injectables, but maybe let's do a little bit of IV infusions for energy and just kind of, you know, even antioxidants for skin brightening in the IV infusion. There's lots of different things to do. I feel like some people, they just come and they just kind of have tunnel vision. Like they came for one thing, like, oh, I just want Botox. I just want filler. But I try to come up with like a one-year plan. Not that they have to do everything, but just to kind of lay out what you should be doing or what is the the different things that you can be doing, like not just let's fill your face with a bunch of filler and call it a day. So I just approach the consultations in that way. I try to come up with a long-term plan as opposed to a short-term plan. Um, I ask them what their short-term goals are, what their long-term goals are, because certain things take a little bit longer, right? If you have damaged skin, this is going to take a little bit longer to treat. And there are certain things that are a quick fix, like Botox, it works fairly quickly and is generally safe for everybody. Um, so I just, I like the idea of coming up with a plan. That way they kind of have something to look forward to or they, they have a direction of where they're going. Mm. What should somebody keep in mind when they are getting injectables in terms of seeing results? You know, they might have this picture of this is going to do this, but it's really not going to do that. Right, right. So I always tell people, you know, because a lot of people will bring me wish picks, but then I'm like, okay, this is this is a, a great, you know, kind of goal, but we also have to take into consideration their own anatomy, you know, so especially with lips, for example. They'll come and they'll show me a picture of, you know, a Kardashian lips, and they have 
little itty bitty lips to start with. I'm like, well, this is not going to be possible, you know, because they have a completely different anatomy. So I'm very honest of what I can do and what I can't do with fillers. Because you really can't do, you know, if somebody brings you a wish pick and it's just not, it's not something that you can do, I think it's appropriate to say or lead them back into the direction of, you know, this is a different person, this is a different anatomy, they have different um, facial structures than you, so we can definitely make you look better, make you look like a more refreshed you, but let's not try to focus on making you look like somebody else. Actually, we're getting some questions, so we're going to take a very short break and come back. If you want to reach us, instantfeedbacksteve at gmail.com. Hang on. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief. America most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. With no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, banking with Capital One is like the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Kind of like choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. And with our top-rated app, you can bank anytime, anywhere, making Capital One an even easier decision. Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? New consumer accounts only. Approval required. Terms apply. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Randy, and this is Dave. We're the founders of Bombas, the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. So comfortable, we sold and donated millions of pairs. To sell and donate a lot of socks, we became obsessed with comfort. We reinvented the sock from the ground up, adding comfort innovations along the way. It worked. People tried them, loved them, told their friends about them. Helping us sell and donate millions of pairs. Try them now at bombas.com slash comfy and get 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash comfy. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. All across Greater Fort Lauderdale, millions of taste buds are cheering. Because right now you can dine at top restaurants and enjoy amazing three-course meals starting at just $35. So good. This is what I'm talking about. Pass the butter. It's all part of Lauder Deals. Great deals at restaurants, spas, attractions, and of course, hotels. Look at that beach view. Look at that mini bar. See all the Lauder Deals and plan your beach getaway at visitlauderdale.com slash deals. Hey, who ate all the key lime pie? Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. 
And it's so funny. We just heard a message for Fort Lauderdale. Uh, don't go there. Go to Orlando. And that's where the MK uh, Wellness Hydration Lounge is. <laughs> and see Maria. And she will take care of you. We're back. We're talking with her. She's the owner. Uh, talking about injectables, body image, and all of that. We have Kelly, who checks in from Smithtown, New York. And she says that she is 42 and that she's considering Botox for perspiration and is asking, can you give me any reasonable expectations and any details on using Botox for that use? Yeah, definitely. So Botox has been used for hyperhidrosis for many years, um, and you can not only treat the underarms, but you can actually treat even the soles of the feet sometimes, mm. the, the palms of the hands, and... Um, it works very well in terms of reducing that perspiration, um, and which is, you know, it definitely affects a person's quality of life. So I, I feel for anyone that suffers from that, you know, usually they have to, you know, be very mindful of what they're wearing and um, bring a change of clothes, you know, wherever they're going, if it's going to be hot. I mean, I live in Florida, so I can't even imagine having that condition here because mm. it's always like, it's always so hot here. So Botox can be used in the, um, in those areas is more uh, commonly in the underarm or the armpit area for hyperhidrosis. Um, and it lasts, I would say anywhere from, depends, I would say anywhere from three to four months, um, just like it with the face. So it does take a little bit of maintenance. Um, sometimes I think even certain clinics will, the insurance will cover that if, if oh. they're actually diagnosed with it. So I think it's something that's definitely very useful because right now there isn't really a lot of therapy for uh, that condition. I know there's something called, there's a device called Miradry, but I've, I've heard that Botox is more effective in terms of reducing the perspiration. So, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, if it's something that's affecting your quality of life, it's an amazing therapy to look into. What is the treatment for that when it comes to Botox? And what I mean by that is how many injections do you have to give underneath somebody's you know, underarm uh, for it to be effective? So it varies. I would say it can take anywhere from 30 to 50 units on each side. Um, and then you basically, some people will do what's called the starch test. So they'll, um, they'll use like iodine to kind of visualize, uh, you know, where exactly the perspiration is coming from just to be a little bit more precise. But I usually just draw a little bit of a grid on there and then do the injection kind of linear just to cover that whole area. Um, and it works quite well. It kicks in usually within the, a week or two and mm. they notice a significant decrease in their perspiration and you know it basically goes you know normal it goes back to normal so that's life-changing for some people when you do that injection for both uh the botox for perspiration what are you actually hitting when you do the uh, the, the injection itself you're actually just in very superficial because the um the gland is 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 right on the surface, so you don't need to do any kind of deep injection or anything. That it's almost like you're doing little intradermal injections right on the surface of the skin, just very tiny ones, just side by side in linear format, just until you cover that whole area, surface area. It's interesting how you you just described that, Maria, in terms of doing a grid to find a, you know basically figure out where the injection point should be. Right, you just want to space them out like pretty evenly, but and there's but it's it's a pretty simple procedure. Probably takes about maybe. 
15 minutes. Sometimes if somebody requested, I'll put a little bit of topical numbing, but most of the time I just put a little bit of, I actually just put an ice pack on there and that numbs it up really nicely. Remove the ice pack, inject, and then done. Wow. Amazing. And I think you mentioned it at the beginning. I just want to confirm for perspiration, typically how long does Botox last? It depends. I have seen clients extend their treatments where they have um, good control of their perspiration for up to six months. Um, but typically, almost like the face, you kind of have to build up to that. So I would say in the first year, if you're just starting to do it, I would try to come quarterly, so every four months, just about every four months. Mm. And typically, once you're doing it for a while, you know, your body kind of acclimates to the Botox, so it doesn't tend to come back as fast, and they can extend their treatments about six months apart, sometimes even longer. Some people are very lucky. Wow, pretty amazing. Uh, are there any other uses for injectables like Botox? It didn't start with um, uh, helping people with perspiration. Any any other dual-purpose uses for any of the stuff that you inject? Um, yeah, so I actually sometimes will add have an add-on to microneedling where we, if somebody's um, having acne, like cystic acne, you can... My, like kind of might dilute the Botox a little bit, and we call that microtox. And you can stamp it on the skin and use that with microneedling, and it actually helps to shrink the pores and reduce the oil on the face. So, um, so we're not using it to treat the muscle, but we are using it to kind of treat the skin, a little bit almost like the like the perspiration injections. But we can actually do it on the face or stamp it with the microneedling to help with the pores and with the acne. So it helps a lot of people that have that kind of cystic inflammatory acne to kind of calm that down. So microneedling can definitely help you with, uh, I've always heard, acne scars, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What about acne itself? What what treatments would you suggest? So with acne itself, it depends on how severe it is because acne, we kind of grade it from like a one to four, one being very mild and then four being, you know, very cystic inflammatory acne. Sometimes if somebody has very, very severe acne, I will refer them to a dermatologist, but just because I feel like they're, they're going to need more um, kind of hand-holding, more treatment, medications, topicals, sometimes even antibiotics. So there's a lot of different treatments for acne. Um, it just depends whether, you know, it's a female that's dealing with hormonal acne. We would kind of prescribe maybe a retinol or a tretinoid um, ointment or cream to use on a nightly basis because that will help uh, kind of control the breakouts, but then also speed up that skin cell turnover so that they're less prone to getting scarring from their acne, which is, you know, one of the major things that we worry about when somebody is dealing with persistent acne is not really the acne itself, but kind of the aftermath, right? After they're done healing, you know, what does the skin look like? Is it scarred? You know, we really want to avoid scarring at all costs when it comes to acne. I think that's the most important thing. And then just finding the right treatment plan that works for that person because, Sometimes people, you know, you'll put them on a tretinoid or, you know, a retinol and that clears them right up. But some acne is very, uh, what's the word, resistant Mm. or maybe brought on by hormones. So then we kind of need to treat it a little bit different or add other kind of therapies on board. What, let's say that somebody's at a one or two on the acne scale and realizes they they get flare-ups from time to time. What typically causes them? It depends. Sometimes, honestly, it's something as simple as diet, a change, something that you might be um, not allergic but maybe sensitive to. With some people, it's dairy. With some people, it's gluten. Um, and you kind of it's kind of a trial and error. You have to kind of do a little bit of investigating and 
maybe cut one thing out and see if the acne improves. Or with females, I always tell them, you know, kind of notice around your cycle, like is it right before you get your period? Or, you know, are you noticing that it's just random? So it's, it takes a little bit of investigating to find out what is actually the culprit. A lot of times it's just unfortunately genetic. So, um, you know, a lot of people deal with acne, and I feel like it's one of the things that is is really detrimental to a self-esteem, especially somebody that's young and, you know, wants to go out. You know, some people, they don't even get out of their house because they're so, you know, ashamed of the way their face looks or the way their acne looks. So if you can improve that, sometimes even just by 30, 40, even 50%, you know, people really appreciate that and it's, it changes their life. Is there any connection to the way they take care of their skin, you know, be it the way they cleanse it and uh, moisturizers and things like that, or acne is just acne. If you're prone to it, you you can get it. No, I mean, certain, certain things will um, make you break out. Like sometimes <laughs> I had a client the other day, she came to the office and she's like, yeah, because every night I put cocoa butter, so I just don't understand because I take care of my skin. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like, maybe you shouldn't put something so heavy on your skin before you go to bed because I believe that's probably what's, causing, what's blocking or um, clogging your pores and causing, you know, this cystic mm. acne breakout the next day. So sometimes you think something is good for you or maybe somebody told you, oh, hey, I use this and it works. But, you know, if you use it, it might affect you differently. So sometimes things that are very occlusive or like if somebody's slabbing Aquaphor or Vaseline on their face, that kind of clogs the pores. So you really only want to use that, you know, when somebody, a provider's directing to you or you're maybe healing from something, but not something that you want to use every day. And I think that with um, people that have uh, cystic acne, it's typically, it can happen to anybody. I mean, I've seen adults with cystic acne, you know, out of nowhere, and it could be a hormonal imbalance that they're experiencing or, you know, or something that they maybe uh, started using or something that they're becoming allergic to that they weren't allergic to before. So it's just a matter of investigating and asking the questions like, what are you using at home? And, you know, are you changing your, um, what's it called? The pillowcases, you know, Mm. something as simple as that can be, can be contributing to acne or, are you changing your hand towels that you dry your face with? Something as simple as that, those little changes can make a big difference. Yeah. And the one thing I hear often, you know, somebody could be in their forties and say, I don't know what's going on. I I just got acne out of nowhere. Maybe I had it way back in the day. And then all of a sudden it started flaring up. Do you hear that a lot? Oh yeah. I mean, it happened to me. (laughs) Okay. I had, yeah, I had acne um, when I was a teenager and I actually had it so bad that I took Accutane which Accutane is actually a, a systemic medication, very strong that, you know, you have to be kind of monitored during it. And that actually took away my acne for, I would say, 15 years. And then now in my mid-30s, I'm experiencing hormonal acne again. So it's funny. Like, I always tell my clients, I'm like, nobody has perfect skin. I'm like, things happen, you know, just go to someone that knows what they're doing. Obviously, I have some tools at my disposal to treat the acne, so I'm very lucky. Um, so certain, I know certain things, especially with me, it's usually due to hormones, so it'll typically, I'll typically have a little flare-up, and then I'll, use, I'll start using my retinol again and all this kind of stuff, and then it'll just kind of calm down and go away. So it's just a matter of finding what works for you. But yeah, I hear that all the time. Wow. Well, you know what? It is refreshing hearing you say that 
we all don't have perfect skin. It is what Absolutely. it is. And, it you know, is what it is. It's okay. <laughs> there, there might be others that say, hey, you know what? Come in here. Let me shoot you up. We can do this. We can do that. No, it's reasonable expectations. You have right. to understand that when you're going for, for a treatment. Yeah, you'll look better. You'll feel better, but you can't be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Well, oh, wait, I'll take that back. With a filter, you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, with the filter, you're perfect. <laughs> yeah, not reality. Uh, Maria, great talking with you. It's mkwellnesshydrationlounge.com. Of course, in the Orlando area, you are there to uh, take care of people personally. But certainly, if somebody wants to check out your skincare shop, which we've talked about before, like these are the best stuff that you should be using on your face and uh, on your skin. You can find that there at the website too. Uh, love talking with you, Maria. I love learning. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.